Okay. Oh, there. that's fucking whack. Okay, Isn't it weird we now? Because you can hear me. Yeah. Okay. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> you look so afraid of the mic. Like, it's going to hurt you or something. <laughs> the truth hurts, bro. <laughs> oh, that's facts. All right. Okay. Let's just jump into it. Um, <laughs> wait, who says that that I know? Oh, Philip DeFranco, if anyone watches him on YouTube. Anyways, that was a random reference. But uh-huh. let's start with early little baby you. So yeah. what was kind of your childhood like? How would you describe it? Um, okay, some of my favorite memories would be like go boating with my family. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote like I was applying to this res hall at my new university um, and they asked like, about they talk about your favorite like media experience like music or video and talk about what it's like to experience that and so i've always really loved country music um uh, <laughs> i would not have pegged you for a country person <laughs> right i know me wearing my like feminist get up right now um yeah much to my friend's chagrin there's the big <laughs> words you're talking about um so i always really loved country music and i think what i wrote about was like this experience where we were like on the top of the mountain basically because i'm from there um uh we were like my sister was dirt biking my f- parents and like all their friends were like drunk and <laughs> dancing and i can hear like kenny chesney and like jason aldean in the background and i'm literally like four or five years old and there's yeah. just like dust everywhere and like red solo cups littering the ground super environmentally friendly um (laughs) and like that's some of my earliest memories were just like kind of like redneck vibes in a way um which is weird and silly for me to say i think (laughs) um but yeah like growing up it was all like dirt biking and living in the mountains and just kind of that kind of thing and then on the flip side of that i think most of my childhood would definitely be riddled with like memories of my parents just fighting Mm -hmm. so aggressively my dad he struggles a lot with alcoholism and he doesn't he doesn't think he does yeah but like there's more there's been more nights i'd say 90 percent of the time of my entire life that that man has been fucked up um drunk or what i learned when i was older was high i never knew that i never i thought he'd just get really hungry in the afternoon (laughs) um but yeah, so he he's an alcoholic and he's also very verbally abusive. Um, and so growing up, you know, I was really little. I was nine years younger than my little sister or my nine years <laughs> younger than my older sister. Yeah. And it was just us two. And we grew up in a house that my dad built. He, he owns a construction company, did really well for himself at a young age. Um, and my mom's from Southern California. She moved up to Santa Cruz and within like six months met him and they moved in together and they were together for like five or six years and then my mom got pregnant and they decided to get married and so my sister was born my mom was 30 and my i was born my mom was 40 so my sister is like totally a millennial yeah um, different the, generation yeah altogether. literally in the most annoying way she's a millennial <laughs> um and i'm gen z and gen z we're like you know i don't know we're fucking insane <laughs> compared to like any other generation so yeah that was definitely very interesting um but I think, you know, things I talked about in my, like, senior statement were just, like, things that were really hard for, like, a five-year-old to understand would be, like, you know, my dad just was just pissed off to be pissed off, right? Like, yeah. there's this one memory where um, I remember, like, we were having, like, Saturday morning breakfast, and I used to wake up really early Saturday mornings and, like, 
drink coffee like a big kid and like the creamer and like it tasted so good because it was literally like 90% like sweet milk (laughs) um with my dad and we'd watch like sci-fi and then my mom would get up later and then she'd make breakfast and so we were eating like bagels or something and I like had these two bagel like these two sides of a bagel with cream cheese on it and um my dad wanted one but I was like a fat kid like I really liked food like I that's a whole other fucking issue that was me Um, we'll get into that don't worry (laughs) yeah like I was you had eating issues and I was chubby but um so one side my dad has like he's a total germaphobe and so he wanted the one that I hadn't touched but it had more cream cheese on it so like my five-year-old self put down the one that I was holding and took a bite of the other one as a way to just be like well I want this one Mm -hmm. and he took that as like a fuck you yeah like five six you're like I don't and then like 40 minutes later my mom's like literally sobbing in her bed like being screamed at my dad like standing over her like yelling at her and I'm just kind of like sitting there and I think like this might have been like five, six, seven. So my sister may have been like old enough to just drive away. Um, and so those were like, those were the memories. Yeah. Like, you know, it, my dad was always drunk. My mom was like kind of always in a manic episode. And my sister was just pissed off at the world. And I was very confused. Yeah. That's so much for like a young kid to be trying to understand too. Yeah. It's, and it's honestly, it was just my reality and I remember thinking, like, oh, I, I'm just the underdog. Like, mm-hmm. all of my friends are perfectly fine, and this sucks, but, like, I'm going to I'm gonna fix my family. Like, I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to fix something. Because I remember when I was little, um, my when they'd fight, I'd always, like, you know, try to say something. I was, like, five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, in my senior statement, I mentioned how I was, like, little, like, super kid would come in as the hero and my dad always be like yeah you're so right like you're so right like why don't you just listen to you? you're so smart I'm your smartest person in the room and he'd always tell me this and I always thought like wow like I'm gonna fix this and this is this is just like a problem that my family has and I was never able to recognize that it was a problem my family had to deal with because the problem was my dad I always thought it was just a plague kind of over our house mm. um and so the rationale that I had as a little kid was I'm gonna grow up I'm going to be the first person in my family to go to college and I'm going to learn all the tools that I need to fix this. And that, so translating that to the classroom, I was, I wanted to be the smartest kid in the room because yeah. I was the smartest kid in the house. You know, that's what my dad would tell me. So I, I wanted to be that everywhere. Um, and anyone knows who has like an alcoholic or abusive parent that you can't control what's going on at home. So you try to control everything else, right? right? Like that's textbook. Um, and so I, really early on had like a type a controlling personality Mm -hmm. to my friends and i was also like uncontrollably angry as a kid and i never recognized that never knew that was what was happening i just thought that was my demeanor um and so there's a lot of things where i've like reflected leaving my house and going to college and understanding that i had like severe anxiety if not depression at a young age and no one recognized that And it was just happening and I was angry and parents identified me as like a bully and mm-hmm. like all this shit. And I was like, not okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because that like it's your story runs very parallel to mine in a lot of ways. And like I was I was dealing with a lot of shit that I like that I felt was happening at home. And it's even hard to say that because I know that there, you know, even people in my family have different opinions of what my childhood looked like. You know what I mean? And I was such a fucking angry kid and I 
like I took stuff out on other people. I was just irritable all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And it wasn't until like years later that I could understand like, oh, this, I, I was like depressed from like a really young age mm-hmm. and I was dealing with a lot of shit at the time. And I was, I was a total type A personality too. I was trying to control everything I could and it just, it translated into so many things and even like friendships, that kind of stuff too. Like yeah, type A personality is not always the most likable and compatible with people no. around you. Like they, like I was the fucking kid who would like correct your grammar. Like, yeah. fuck you, shut up. Like, yeah. that's what I want to say to myself. But I also want to have, you know, compassion for little me who yeah. was dealing with a lot. But it's like... And you don't know. You have no fucking no, clue when you're not that at little. Not at all. And you're just like, why don't people like me? Or like, mm-hmm. why why do I make people upset? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Exactly. And, and you try to... Exactly. You try to control anything that you can. And then like, for me too, that became like food or like mm-hmm. other it transferred yeah. you know my grades like that was a big thing to me was like my grades determined my worth and yeah stuff. oh of course and it's yeah. like it just it spills over into everything and so like for you did that that continue into like middle school like you controlling these other yeah. aspects of your life and stuff i so i picked up so i was really bad at sports i remember another argument i had this will like literally scar my brain forever and my parents like to deny that this ever affected me but i was like eight years old and it was, it was the year before I started, like, actually being athletic. Um, and I was, like, really overweight as a kid. I used to just, like, snack if I was stressed, um, which I never recognized. I thought I was just, like, a fat kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. People would make fun of me, whatever. Um, and I remember my parents had another argument, and this time it was over, like, me. And my mom was, like, crying and sitting at the desk. And my dad was screaming at her to, like, look up the average weight of an 8-year-old because he knew that, like, my weight was unacceptable. And I just remember thinking, like, is this really the way that we're going to have this conversation? Like, mm-hmm. I'm right here. And, like, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Um, And then, like, a year later, I started swimming. So that was my big thing my whole freaking life. And it's so weird to talk about that now as if it's, like, in the past because it was yeah. so much of my present. Um, I started swimming, and I think within two years – so from like fourth to like sixth grade, I got really tall. Like, you know, I think I was, I've been like five, eight and a half since I was in middle school. So I was like in the tall girls, which was like mm-hmm. also not great with my personality because I was just big every, in every direction. In every <laughs> direction. <laughs> um, and I lost a lot of weight, right? Cause you just grew up. Um, yeah. and I got really fast and I was really good at the sport and then, um, that was weird, right? Like, that was the first time in my life. And I I still viewed myself as, like, this bigger person. And so I remember, like, sitting on the – like, you know when you sit on something and your legs, like, squish out, right? Yeah. Like, duh. Um, and I remember, like, every time i go to the bathroom and I'd, like, sit and I'd look at my legs and I would, like, run my hands, like, on my thigh to, like, just think, like, oh, if they were just this skinny, right? Wow. And I was doing that like when I was nine or 10 years old Mm -hmm. and I think I was so I lost a lot of weight obviously got taller tried to get way more athletic like was like had a swimmer's body like massive shoulders and like no legs like just super skinny and so so like that was kind of happening at the same time in middle school where like I went from being your like tomboy and wearing like tomboy clothes to like addressing like a quote-unquote girl right like Mm -hmm. in in your gender binary yeah um and at the same time i was also like on a very small club swim team so i was pulled up to like a higher age group than i actually was so from like the age of 11 i was training at 
you're like you I'd say a senior group or like national level which is essentially I'd say eight or nine practices a week you're training 20 hours a week Jesus and you've got mornings so I would swim like every I swim probably like three four mornings a week so like three during the school week and then Saturdays or just have swim meets and I started doing that in like sixth or seventh grade and I was doing that with people that were in high school and I honestly to God like never realized how much older they were until I got to high school I was like halfway through high school and they were graduating college yeah and I was like these people are five or six years older than me I, I like I never and I was like 11 years old I did not understand that they were 17 like that wasn't something I understood and I could keep up with them like I wasn't that fast but I was on the track to being like eligible for some kind of d1 program yeah and that was that was my whole life like and so you know going back to like the parent thing you know I thought okay this is great because this is just like a compliment to my whole plan of getting into college and like going and saving my family um and so I think like there was a lot of components there, like a lot of things going on, right? So, you know, I'm I'm the younger sibling by nine years. So I'm constantly around like my sister's friends. I'm constantly around like older parents. I didn't really grow up around people my age, right? Yeah. And now I'm again, like reinforcing that by swimming with people that weren't my age. And so for a really long time, I think most of middle school and a lot of high school and honestly into college too, I had this idea of like I'm just more mature for my age or mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not my age which you don't realize how much that fucks you up yeah until you have to look at like oh okay so this put me in like really bad sexual situations this mm-hmm. put me in really uncomfortable friendships this put me in you know situations that I was not old enough or mature enough to be handling but thought I could or other right. people thought I could it's funny because it it almost reminds me of being like a child actor or something where you're like, you're put in this situation where like you're working and you're literally around adults all the time. That's why you see these interviews with like child actors who are like 10 years old and they sound like they're 25. Mm -hmm. And it's like that weird thing where you're like, this is very strange because it's a small body and a small person, but like big words and like you're talking like you're older, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that their brain and like their emotional capacity is at the level of someone who's actually 25. Yeah. Like it's completely different. And that's, I feel like it puts like, that's why we see so many child actors who end up, you know, with drug issues who Mm -hmm. end up with, you know, all these different things that they've dealt with because from such a young age too, people labeled them as an adult and labeled them as capable of dealing with these like real world, really nitty gritty issues. But they were kids. Yeah, they were they fucking kids. Didn't even have the words. That's like my whole thing, right? Having yeah. the words. <laughs> no, <laughs> didn't have I it. love your I love your spiel. But <laughs> no, but I feel like I feel like it's something like that. And you know, I like I was told too as a kid, you know, like you're so mature, you're this and that. But it almost like puts this kind of extra burden on you and it's this an extra, expectation. It's not yeah, reality. It's exactly. literally just an expectation. It's like this weird distortion of like what really is, and it mm-hmm. puts this burden on you of like you need to be the responsible one. You know what's right. And you're like, no, I'm still 10. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, I get that I talk like I'm older, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to fuck up and that I'm not going to make these mistakes yeah. or be taken advantage of or put in situations that I shouldn't be in. But mm-hmm. you guys are acting like I'm capable of dealing with that when I'm not. Yeah. It's like when your parents are like, if you want to be treated like an adult, then act like an adult. And then they treat you like a kid. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck do you want from me? These are mixed signals. Can you just pick one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the burden of teenagehood in general. Yeah. It's so shitty. Like, do you feel like, yeah, because you're saying, you know, you feel like that kind of put you in situations where you were 
prone to being taken advantage of? Like, what did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, I think so in middle school when I kind of like started transition into like being more girly, right? Like you go from that, like guys have cooties to like, you want to, <laughs> you want to like kiss someone because you see that on like movies. I don't mm-hmm. ever think I actually wanted to kiss someone. I think I just was like, thought that I was supposed to. Yeah. Um, and so I remember having like a huge crush on my best friend. Um, and I was like obsessed with him. He's two years older than me and he knows exactly who he is. Um, and all my friends were like at least, at least two years older than me. So I'm in seventh grade. My friends are freshmen in college or eighth grade or high school. Sorry. I'm in seventh grade. My friends are freshmen in high school or like then sophomores. And I was in eighth grade. That's like a huge difference. Right. Like when you're in middle school, you don't want to like remember any of that. Like that. No. Like, yeah, I feel like my memory stops you know, in, like, 6th, 7th, 8th grade. Like, oh, you don't yeah. want to remember that shit. Like, you're fucking weird. It's a weird-ass time. Yeah. And so my friends are, like, all older than me, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've already gone through their middle school phase. Like, whatever. Like, they were friends with me while I was in elementary and they were in middle. That's weird. Yeah. And we were best friends, like, sleepovers all the time, hung out, whatever. And so it was definitely odd because... When I entered high school, I was like, oh my God, finally, like I can be on the same campus as them because they all went to like Fisher. So mm-hmm. they I, they were not CT with me. And so I never went to school with them. And I was like, oh my God, not only do I get to spend like 25 hours a week with them swimming, I get to spend every day of high school with them and I'm going to eat lunch with them. It's going to be great. Um, and I was also like pretty aware of the fact that like I needed to have friends in my year. And so I joined another team. I did water polo my freshman mm-hmm. year and with no ball handling skills lol um like i had no idea how to fucking play water pool like i just swam and that showed it fucking showed um but so i like you know started this new group of people but i was also still like simultaneously friends with this older group um and so my i would say like I don't know, like, I dealt, I definitely dealt with, like, a lot of things. I feel like I'm trying to juggle, like, every, I'm trying to juggle, like, eating disorder, like, uh, anxiety, all good. like, whatever. Go whatever way feels um, right for you, and you can always come back to something, yeah. too. So, I think, like, going into high school, like, that's when I started, like, really, like, boys, and the one that I, you know, kind of latched onto was an older guy friend who was going to be a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to be a freshman. Like, that's a, that's a big three team. years is not a lot when you're like 30 mm-hmm. but when you're 14 and 17 it kind of is um and this was someone i loved like loved being around we were so freaking similar like just demeanor like a aggra- kind of like aggressive like uh <laughs> like totally just like grumpy demeanor but like hard working and at the end of the day like saw that in each other and we swam the same distances we swam the same races and i just like was so obsessed with this parallel right and he really liked my friend who was going to be a junior. Um, well, he's going to be a senior and I was going to be a freshman. So she was someone that I was friends with for a really long time. And she and I both struggled with, like, you know, shitty dads. Mm-hmm. Like, that was it. You're right. Like, I feel like when you're in high school, you, you're you just, like, friends with people because you guys, like, share a common trauma. Yeah. Or, like, maybe that's just me. But... No, no, I get that, too. I get that. Like, me. you just become friends or, like, you get into a relationship with someone because you're like, oh, my God, we both have daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, great. Um, yeah, so we were really good friends. She was dating someone at the time in high school, and this guy that I was close friends with really liked – her and I was committed to getting him what he wanted because he was my he thought he was like he was my best friend Mm -hmm. um and so I helped that like I kind of you know facilitated that if you will um 
and there were like some conversations that we had while they weren't dating yet that were like made me feel as though someday like we could happen Mm -hmm. um things that he asked for things that he said things that i said things that i gave up right and so i think i like really latched onto that so my entire freshman year of high school was kind of like taking a back seat to being like the third wheel of this relationship and then while doing that like really losing my friend who was a like girl in the relationship mm-hmm. because she was so fucking mad at how close I was with her boyfriend which is totally fair um but my 14 year old self was like nothing's happening I'm 14 he's 17 you guys are actually dating and the only time he ever texts me about you guys is if something's wrong and I just say talk to her because I don't know what the fuck to do yeah um and so that over that whole span of the year like it affected our relationship with the swim team because we were all on the team together it was really bad our coach was constantly having to pull the two of us out of the pool so we could like yell at each other it was horrible and then my other best guy friend that was in her year was like you know i remember him saying like this environment is not conducive for fast swimming and me just feeling like really torn apart by this whole situation and then you know layer like all this shit happening on to being on the water polo team and losing tessa and then a week later losing pete so i'm dealing with like a weird heartbreak and like a weird growing up scenario and like a weird like was i taken advantage of or do i just really like this guy while also like dealing with death of someone that is your like in your generation and then death of someone who's like older yeah within like a month (laughs) and it was it was awful um and like i will literally never forget the day that i heard like i learned that tessa died i'll never forget the day that i learned pete died and i'll never forget like their their memorials because it was so fucking hard Mm -hmm. like you're 14 years old you know i remember like sitting in the library every day before school and my best friend at the time who was very close with tessa's family she um she wasn't like looking okay and i knew that tessa wasn't doing well and i pulled her outside and i was like dude what's going on and she was like tessa died this morning jesus and i was like what i was like what the fuck am i supposed to say to that you know like i didn't know her that well but i grew up with her she was always you know in the yearbook in the plays that i was in like she was there and now she isn't and then like not only are we dealing with that and we're 14 years old and we're dealing with like boys like a week later i'm sitting in art with the same best friend and we get pulled out of class by the varsity captains. I literally had never talked to them. They're sobbing. And they go, you know, Pete was in a fatal car accident. And my other friend goes, is he okay? And then my other friend goes, it's a fatal car accident. Like, he's dead. Yeah. And then we're tasked with pulling out all of our teammates and telling them. Jeez. So, this, like, that was a – that was – and then we were all in the classroom – like we all got pulled out we were all in a classroom sitting there like sobbing and our coach walks in which with his with the with tessa's like cap number seven like in his pocket that he always has he never doesn't have it with him and he is crying and he just says like you guys don't deserve this he couldn't speak and to put the cherry on top of that when i was dealing with all that i saw my best guy friend and he gave me a hug and his girlfriend saw it and was pissed off at me, was mad at me, took me out to brunch a week later to yell at me about that. Said, don't touch my boyfriend. I was like... Yeah. Like, what? I mean... (laughs) 
when you like when you think about this stuff too and like all of that shit happening at the same time is it like is it still something that you can feel and like you can be back there or is it like a detached kind of like at arm's length yeah sort of thing it's weird because it was six years ago yeah you know like that's and so much else like so many other stupid drama things have happened since then um but i do think like that really all the all the things that kind of went down that first year definitely affected like my swimming career it affected my like what i wanted to do with my life it affected like just my relationship with my friends my relationship with boys like it it definitely I, I think about that and I do feel detached and I do think I think back to that drama and I think it's just silly like I I don't know who that girl is anymore and I don't know who that guy is anymore um and I think like I'm still like recovering from like the pain of that friendship like that three-way like friendship yeah. brought me but at the same time I think like we're all different and that's like nice <laughs> yeah. to think about yeah but it is it's so interesting though how that kind of like set the tone almost for your high school experience because it's like you're like that's not oh like oh end of your senior year stuff's going down like that's like here's welcome to high school here you go like here's the welcome party like what the fuck and it's just like like i remember so like my freshman year of high school was also like the year my sister moved out Mm -hmm. uh i think or maybe like honestly you know yeah about like she's like 22 23 um and then it was also when i like i think like middle school is when i started fighting with my dad like fighting back Mm -hmm. but then like there was this span of time i think like eighth ninth grade where you know i was i realized that my like awesome plan to like grow up and save my family was a bunch of bullshit because i wasn't saving my family from something if i couldn't save them from my dad like i could not change my dad and so there was just like a lot of things happening and then also when you when you go to high school and you meet all these new people and you're not with these people that you've been with your like since you were like five you kind of like you realize okay like these are new people and i can open up to them and so you know this guy friend was someone who knew everything that was happening in my life he wasn't just someone that i liked he was someone i texted every single night he Mm -hmm. was someone that when he got into you know my dream school i called him and i was so proud of him he was someone that called me when he was crying yeah like he was someone where i when i gave him his birthday present in the senior lot i remember i still remember this i was like i was fresh i was freshman like i used to eat in art and i ran to the senior lot to give him his birthday present and he cried after reading my letter and like that wasn't something that i saw a lot in guys and so i was like obviously i mean something to this person and obviously they mean something to me and then you know a lot of other things happened where like like we yelled at each other in front of like the school like the girl did she yelled at me on like a spirit rally day it was so stupid and then she came up to my house and like cussed me out for like an hour and a half and was just like every shitty possible thing that she could say about me she did and then he was like i'm really disappointed in both of you okay dad yeah i was like gross and then he broke up with her like may of his senior year and then when he broke up with her he broke up with me man and i was like dude like this wasn't a conditional friendship like it wasn't like you had to date my best friend to be friends with me Mm -hmm. and 
that was really hard um especially because I did feel as though I was like holding out for something like my 14 year old self didn't know that but looking about like looking back now it's like why did I put myself through that right like because I really liked him um and so not only did I lose like my best girlfriend at the time I lost my best guy friend and the first person I ever like really had feelings for yeah and so that was like that's so it's just like so weird to talk about it now because I like really don't think about it a lot but I think being back home I think reflecting on like assault and all this shit Mm -hmm. like you have to you have to think about like the weird stuff yeah yeah and it's weird too because definitely like looking back on stuff it it feels like like at least for me I I feels like I'm telling someone else's story almost or like it's like I'm watching this like weird movie but it's not Mm -hmm. me always living it yeah and then but you have those moments when it hits you and you're like oh fuck that was me that was my life where this happened and it's just weird because obviously you're looking back at it from a different lens Mm -hmm. and you can acknowledge now like certain things where like oh that was drama oh this was stupid oh whatever but like when you're living that like that's your life that's your world yeah you know like you're losing your best friend you're losing the person that you thought like maybe you'd end up together like you don't fucking know you're a kid you know like you have it's everything to you and sure Mm -hmm. like looking back like I feel like I do that a lot to myself where I like almost trivialize things where I look back and I'm like oh my god that was so stupid I can't believe I got worked up over that I can't believe whatever but it's like that was that was everything to me yeah so like of course yeah like of course I'm gonna have you know those really strong like feelings about it because when I'm a kid like I hate when parents are like oh my god it's just puppy love or like oh like you'll forget about this when you're older or you'll this or that because it's like yeah I might but that doesn't help me in the moment when everything to me like my emotions are still real and they're still valid just yeah. because I'm a ki- like young and yeah. it might not seem so significant to you in the long run, like it's my world right now. So acknowledge that. It's also like Pete went to UCSB, and so did, like so did he. Mm-hmm. And so when I was choosing schools and I went down there, I was on that campus thinking this is where my coach who died went and loved it and told me I should go to, like told me personally that I would do great at this school, and this other person that was huge in my life for a like you know maybe just a year but was a huge part of that year mm-hmm. goes here and chose that school over my dream school so maybe I should do the same thing yeah and so like three years later we hadn't talked you know I had uh, like barely like had like situations with his sister because she was older or whatever like and so like it's still it still affected me and I hate that I'm talking about this because I literally think about that girl and I'm like not friends with her anymore like we were such close friends in like middle school which is like so irrelevant but I do think it like started it like it laid a foundation yeah you know what I mean totally I think also at the same so like my sophomore year if we're going year by year (laughs) um so I at like during my my freshman year of high school I was really good friends with someone like another female um like teammate who went to lee and she was like my big sister she was like what i would consider like an actual big sister because she like took me everywhere and like she was the first person i like drank with and like (laughs) she so she graduated after my freshman year of high school and she was like my guide like she was the person i actually hung out with every single weekend um and so then i was super lost like she graduated she went to like fucking mississippi right for college and i was like okay bye (laughs) yeah um see you literally never um and so that was super tough because I had just like gone through like a lot of tumultuous like situations and so I stuck with water polo 
and our team like won CCS for the first time ever and I, I sat on the bench the whole time but I was <laughs> the loudest cheer I like to believe um and I just like really struggled with like my friendships on that team and like was a dick to them or like they were a dick to me or just like whatever I mean you had the same like controlling thing and I think in this same time like my family life really amped up because it was right around my sister left like she just moved out to live with her boyfriend and now like husband um and so like I then kind of kind of became like the punching bag Mm. and so and I like like to think I don't take shit so I would fight back I would I would cuss him out I'd scream at him I'd lose my cool like the literal only person that I think I've lost my cool at in the past five years because I think middle school everyone loses their cool but Mm -hmm. like high school I never would stream my head off with anyone and it was my dad like I could lose it and I remember like telling him I wish he wasn't my dad when like the first time when I was like 13 and so that like definitely set a precedent of just like there was there was nothing there like I fucking hated him and my mom was always trying to like play defense and like trying to just like calm us down right but then my dad would like blame my mom and be like you know your daughter is like this like whatever Mm -hmm. and I was like I could scream from the rooftops and you would not fucking listen to me Mm -hmm. and I just and I like and I was also someone who was outgoing at school, who would speak up in classes, who was writing for the school newspaper, who wanted people to listen to my words and made an effort to do that. And in the space where it mattered most, I wasn't being listened to. Yeah. And so that like definitely affected my mental health and like losing all my friends too, like like that whole like situation my junior year, like then that kind of all. And I, I do think like my relationship with my family affected the way I treated people on the outside. Of course. I wasn't a good friend because I was like so consumed with what was going on in my life, trying to run from it, but also trying to like deal with it at the same time. Yeah. So that was like, I don't know, high school was very frustrating. And I think like my junior and senior year, I was involved like, yeah, I just was like on and off date, mm-hmm. these two dudes. Um, And like the bullshit that came from that was really hard for me to deal with and i think like part of me liked the drama because it was a little it was like something else i could focus on and think about it's a distraction um so yeah so like my sophomore year just sucked i think that was like the first time my dad like slapped me at one point that i i didn't that was like jeez i didn't really preface that but that happened um and like that was really frustrating because he was yelling at me and like when I was younger he would just yell at me and I was like whatever like he would threaten everything but it was like never gonna happen and then this time I remember like standing up in front of him and he like he was getting really aggressive my dad's 6'2 he's a big dude and he like stepped forward towards me and I had never like dealt with him like being physically overbearing just like verbally and I got I was like what the fuck and in my head I just like it was a fight or flight moment and so I put my hands up on his chest like I just did this like Mm -hmm. literally to stop him and I didn't push him at all like I literally was just creating a space and he hit me like across the face and I was so shocked and I like ran to the bathroom and I locked myself in there and I called like my best friend at the time and I just like cried on the phone and it was just like it was really weird and it was one of those things where he knew he fucked up 
but he never apologized because his apology would be like, I'm not going to apologize because like you deserved it and you've deserved Mm. it many times over. And so that posed a huge issue my senior year because my family decided to go to like family therapy. And I knew that if I fucking told them that happened, then they'd have to call CPS. I knew that I wasn't stupid. Like I was seven years old. I understood the repercussions of that. And so I didn't bring it up, but my mom did. And the therapist brought it up and I was like, yeah, that did happen. And then she was like, well, do you apologize? I was honest. I said, no, he won't apologize. And he keeps telling me that I've deserved it. And I deserved it several other times. And I've deserved it more. And she was like, you do understand that that because it's a present threat, I have to report that to CPS. And I just started crying. And I was like, I was so like, I was so upset because I was trying to like protect that from happening. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't going to say it. I had already had that like conversation in my head. Like, I'm not going to bring this up. It's not a big deal, whatever. And then my mom did. And then she's sitting there. This therapist is sitting here and she's like, do you want me to call CPS? Or do you, no, she said, do you want me to tell your parents that I have to call CPS or do you want to tell them? I was like, are you fucking kidding Jesus. me? And so then like a week later, I like go home and it was like silent like usually my dad's like by the time i get home at like five or six after like swim practice it's like my dad's drunk my mom's like upstairs doing whatever she's doing and the tv's on and it's like loud as hell and it's like silent no tv on my dad doesn't have a beer in his hand he's like sitting on the couch and my mom i think was like asleep upstairs or something and i like walk in it's so weird it just felt like gross it just felt weird like stale in the house Mm. And he looks at me and he was like, you know, I love you. Like, and he's like almost crying. And I was like, I don't see my dad cry ever. This was really weird. And then I walk upstairs and my mom was like mad at me. And I was like, what the fuck? This, I I was like, I did everything I could to not make the situation happen. It's not my fault that he hit me, but it is my fault that this, like, I felt as though, I felt like I was so stuck. Like, I think in high school, I just felt like I was so stuck in my head. I was so stuck in, like, what I believed I should be. And I was so stuck in this, like, house, in this, like, family that I didn't want to be in that wasn't a good space for me that, like, and I think, like, I felt this way and I would get down about it and, like, I wasn't ever, like, mentally stable, I think, all of high school. Mm -hmm. But, like, one of the reasons that like is one of my close friends is because when I was in middle school and he was in high school, I told him about this and I told him how like I just didn't want to be alive because of it. And he, I remember like I have a birthday card saved for my 14th birthday because he wrote me this really long card. Um, and it says in it like somewhere along the lines of like, I, I just like, I'm I'm so happy that we're friends like whatever blah 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 but like I really didn't know what to do about like a 13 year old telling me they wanted to kill themselves um and so like because of that like prefacing our friendship I've always felt as though it was forced I always felt like he had no option other than to be my friend Mm. and we we got past that like I like got over myself um but like that was something that I was thinking about in seventh grade and I was also like you know, not happy with my body, not happy with the way that I saw myself, not happy, like my parents weren't even happy with the way I, like I looked. And so, you know, I like, 
would like overeat and then I'd like make myself throw up. And so Mm -hmm. that was something that like started in seventh grade. And it also was like coinciding with like suicidal tendencies. And, you know, I had heavy anxiety. I'd scream at my mom if we were late to swim practice. I couldn't be late. I'd bite my nails. I'm constantly like, I was having like panic attacks and all these things. And I've had all of these like really like huge red flags that it was like no matter how loud I was about it and I didn't even know that that, I was like screaming for help and no one saw or listened and so like you know I'm in this house where like my dad is constantly just pissed off the way people treat him and it's all about him Mm -hmm. and he's screaming about it and I'm literally like like just swallowing myself into this like situation and then my junior year of high school, um, I got a huge, like a really, really severe back injury. So it took me out of swimming. And so like, not only at this point have I like realized that, you know, college isn't the answer to my family's <laughs> issues. Swimming isn't either. Mm-hmm. And so my outlet, like my space, I, you know, it, it was gone. And yeah. then I lost my friends because of a stupid boy that I hooked up with. And I was like, just, I lost like fucking everything. And like, it just felt like I hit rock bottom and little did she know that she was so far away from rock bottom. Um, but like, it sucked. Like it was just like, like, I just remember just being like, what the fuck? And then having all this happen, meeting someone else, meeting someone I really trusted Someone let, I was like the first time I ever opened up about that. And he was, you know, he was in my A push class and we would talk nonstop and he was charismatic and someone that like I, when I talk to and I talk and I think about the good parts of him, I like, there's so much love there. Like Mm -hmm. he is such a good, like my friends reflect on it and say, I hate how much he makes you like him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we were on and off because we were both like really volatile people. Um, volatile. I don't know the fuck how you, you got that it. word. You got it. Volatile. Um, <laughs> and so that was like happening back and forth. And then um, my senior year, we finally dated. And then um, I think like, you know, we're on and off, whatever. He, like, hooked up with my teammate, and I was really upset about it and all this other stuff. And he would constantly hook up with, like, people that were, like, just outside my perimeter to just, like, remind me that he was there. Mm. Um, and then my senior year, like, two weeks before graduation, I went to a party, and I was, like, so beyond fucked up. And I saw him, and he was taking care of my friend, and I wasn't okay, and I was trying to find my friend, and I found him, and he found me, and I, like can barely remember what happened and like it ended really poorly in like the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life and you know like my best friend my ex-boyfriend someone I trusted with things that I've not told anyone else in my entire life like raped me and it and it was like a fucking nightmare and then I go to college and I'm dealing with this and I'm like, you know, finally trying to like be in a relationship because for some reason I thought that was like the definition of success was just like going to college and like finding a boy. And I'm like dealing with this for the, like this weird feeling of like, I don't like to be touched and I don't want to be drunk and I'm scared to hook up with someone drunk. 
and I'm scared to be around boys when I'm drunk and I'm in a sorority and I don't want to go to frat parties because I'm afraid of being assaulted and why am I afraid of being assaulted? And then my freshman year culminated and it ended in me getting a text message saying, hey, do you remember your ex? He just got kicked out on a Title IX violation because he raped someone else. Two is a pattern. And I was like, I don't like to be touched because I was fucking assaulted by someone who was my best friend. And that's why. And I was like, oh, I'm now I'm this like jumped into this relationship and I hate having sex with him. And I just do it because I feel like I have to. Mm -hmm. And I hate having sex and I hate it and I fucking hate it. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. And that's not what it's supposed to be. No. Did (laughs) Did you like, did it take you a while to like process what had actually happened and to like really acknowledge that it was sexual assault and that it wasn't? you know you in your head mm-hmm. altering things or whatever like did it take you a while to actually come to terms with what happened yeah oh yeah i mean like we were all like weird about it <laughs> we as in my friends my um my best friend that was like sick and he was taking care of both of us like she was in the room when it happened mm. and we have never had the conversation of what she heard or what she remembers because i don't want to fucking know yeah um and um yeah i think it took a long time to recognize that and i honestly don't think i fully recognize that until probably within the past month so it was like it's been two years um and i think this is like the second time i've ever said it out loud other than that the fucking like sit in (laughs) um yeah like you you don't realize it happened to you you don't realize like any of that stuff happens to you and you don't realize like how much it affects you um and so I think like I don't know I feel like this is just like a horde of issues like but you know when you're dealing with mental health when you're dealing with like death when you're dealing with verbal abuse at home when you're dealing with an eating disorder and then you deal with assault and none of those things make you feel very good about yourself (laughs) and I think to a lot of people I was like this cocky bitch and for me it was just like a fucking front like I I don't feel that way at all and then I went to college and I didn't like I wasn't around people where like I had built that facade so like there wasn't really an expectation and so I kind of just like tried to like keep it together and like you know like keep my kind of like standoffish like resting bitch face self because like you know whenever someone meets me they're like oh I thought you were a bitch but then like I warmed up to it and it's just your personality and I was like that's fine but no one was like warming up to it mm. um and I was like okay this is weird um and so I think like college where like everyone kept telling me in high school like oh my god I'm so excited for you to go to college like it's gonna be so much better like you're gonna just figure your shit out like it's gonna be great it was just like it sucked yeah and I was like I didn't think it could be worse than high school and it is it is worse than it I going to school in like the most beautiful place in the country like on the beach and I hate my classes I don't feel like I'm learning and I used to love to learn and I hate my sorority and I hate my sports team and I just kind of like by the end of my freshman year dropped everything 
and was just like, this isn't the right space for me. And, you know, growing up, like I didn't, I didn't go to like therapy enough or like, like on like, I don't know, just like a regular routine enough to like recognize that like recognize when you're in a bad situation and get yourself out of it, right? Because yeah. like I recognized I was in a bad situation. It was my house and how did I get rid of it? I just did like every extracurricular. I swam in the morning. Yeah. I swam in the afternoon. I went back to Elgato. I would stay there. I'd go to Starbucks. Like I just didn't want to be home. And so that was like my coping mechanism was like just fucking running away from it. And when you're in college and you're in a dorm with like two other people and you're crowded and you don't have your friends, you can't run away from it. And so like... I didn't have my space. I didn't have my car. I didn't have anything that was like mine, only mine to like just get away. Um, And I just like, it sucked. Like I, and I think about Santa Barbara and I think about being in Isla Vista and it's like, you know, in theory, it's such a great place to be, but it literally just makes me sick to my stomach who I was there. makes me sick to my stomach who I was friends with makes me sick to my stomach who like I dated and like the per not even just like that person I think like I don't think he's a bad person I think the person that I was in that relationship Mm -hmm. and that's a different thing yeah Mm -hmm. and I don't like her and I don't want to be like her ever again yeah and so now it's like am I running away from that at Cal or am I gonna be like a I don't know and I don't know if like I'm running away from myself and I'm gonna end up in the same situation and that was a huge fear of transferring but it was also like at the end of the day I was like it sucks here it could not get worse than this why not just do something different yeah yeah I mean you like you're at the point where it's like you have to change something yeah you can't keep living in that in that place of of being miserable there so you know regardless of how the next path in these next few years go for you I feel like at least like you should be able to recognize in yourself that like I did the right thing by getting myself out of that situation because I you know that you weren't gonna enjoy those next few years there like you know that so you know regardless of what happens next at least you chose something different Mm -hmm. at least you took it into your own hands to make something different happen because it would have been so much easier for you to not go through that whole process of trying to transfer and all the fucking stigma that comes with that and all the bullshit that you have to hear from people. Yeah. But you did that for you. You didn't do that for other people. And I think that takes a lot of guts. And I think, I just, I hope that you can recognize that for yourself because it's like, I don't know. I think I see this with you too because I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. (laughs) And I think we kind of recognize that from the very beginning too. But it's like, I think it's really easy to get down on yourself in all the little ways that you feel like you're not you're not being the person that you want to be but as long as you're working towards that and as long as you're you know even just reflecting on things and being like here's where i fucked up but here's where i fucked up because i was also dealing with a lot of stuff and like acknowledging that stuff but as long as you're just trying to get yourself to a place where you're better that's like that's just huge and i feel like we don't give ourselves enough recognition yeah we definitely for that And it's like, like, even now, like, think about how much you're doing and how much, like, (laughs) advocacy for other people and how, like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you, you get labeled the cocky bitch. Like, seriously, like, think about how much empathy you have and how much you're putting yourself out there and fighting for other people. Like, I'm going to say this because I know you're not going to, (laughs) like, hype yourself up here. But, like, 
you've taken on such an insanely huge project and so much responsibility in the sense that like people people have come for you people have threatened you people have taken their shit out on you yeah and you there's nothing you can gain out of this this is not a situation where it's like oh you know you're gonna get all these accolades whatever like this is a thankless endeavor that you're taking on yeah and you like you're doing that to help girls coming forward to help anyone going forward who's gonna who might have to deal with something with the school when it comes to anything regarding sexual assault Mm -hmm. sexual harassment like you're doing that purely out of who you are as a person and like genuine kindness and compassion and wanting (laughs) other people to be have a better experience than you did you know, and like I feel like it's so easy to think of yourself how other how you think other people yeah. think of you, and if you think that they think you're a bitch, then that's gonna play yeah. on repeat in your mind. Yeah, and you're not. I'm here to tell you that just because <laughs> you're, you're fucking strong willed and you say what you think and you get shit done, doesn't make yeah. you a bitch. And you're you are literally out there actively helping people, and if you were a bitch, quote unquote. <laughs> You would not be doing that. You would yeah. be minding your own business, doing whatever works yeah. for you, not caring about anyone else's problems. <laughs> yeah, texting parents that my son isn't a rapist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hmm. um, I just, yeah. yeah. I hope I, I hope that you do recognize that, that though. But I also know it's fucking hard to take a compliment. Yeah, from it is. <laughs> it's really hard. No, it's just an I, uncomfortable thing to have to do. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I don't like, I don't understand. I don't know where this came from. Like, I don't know where this, cause I literally just used to not give a shit about anyone but myself. Like but I was also just you, so focused You went on through that. so much that like, you don't, ugh, I'm sorry. I keep like, I'm not trying no, to talk over no, you and jump on this. No, please speak. Cause but, I've like, been yelling for like <laughs> <no>. an hour. <laughs> but like, it, you don't, you're not always going to have the bandwidth to be able to care about other people yeah. and to be able to take care of other people when you are dealing with so much shit yourself. Like I know when I was really yeah. sick and I was, you know, I was having fucking migraines every day. I was in terrible pain. I was depressed. I was dealing with all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I can admit I was a shitty friend. I didn't reach out to my friends. I didn't, you know, I yeah. wasn't there for them. I wasn't whatever. But I can also look on that and be like, yeah, because I like was awful myself like i was not doing well yeah so of course i didn't have it in me to be dedicating my energy to other people so like you can't blame yourself for that you know yeah i think yeah that's so true and i i think like something that came up that you were talking about like you know it's like a thankless job right like i'm not doing this for me i think like something that so I kind of like missed this part, but like my mom grew up Jewish and my dad, I describe as like American Christian. Like we just do Easter and Christmas for like mm-hmm. the holidays and the, the like the gifts, like yeah. our family's like big, like just give each other gifts and like not talk about our emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I like never grew up with religion. I never fucking understood when we talked about like Adam and Eve in like middle school. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't know what that is. Um, and then I always knew, like, I was Jewish, but I always felt like that was kind of, like, an ethnicity thing because no one ever knows it's, like, a religion or an ethnicity or a nationality. Right. Like, everyone's questioning it, right? And um, so I always, like, knew that because I was like, ah, I know what lakas are and I know a couple, like, Yiddish swear words. Um, and then I, like, I think kind of segueing from my, like, freshman year where, like, my best friend was leaving, I... Like, I had two of these people in my life that, like, were leaving my life, and then, like, I wanted to 
like, I really stepped back from swimming because I wanted to, like, focus on water polo because of the community. Like, I needed this team. This team, like, meant so much to me because of what we'd gone through together. And I started, like, also being involved with this youth group. And it, at first, it was, like, this outlet for, like, just kind of fucking around, having fun, and honestly just, like, hooking up with boys. <laughs> um, like, my first kisses were, like, most of the people that I ever, like, and when I say hook up, like, I literally don't mean sex because that did not happen until, like, that party at my senior year. Like, I just mean, like, making out. Yeah. And so that was, like, the outlet for that. Um, and it was just, like, fun. And then I, like, actually invested in the organization itself and what we, like, think about and what or, like, what we stand for. Um, and I was, like, learning about religion. And I just remember, like, think, people would be, like, since when the fuck are you Jewish? And I was, like, I don't know. <laughs> um... But something that was really cool for me was, like, I grew up and I remember when Obama passed the, um, like, oh, fuck, the gay marriage, like, legalized. Mm, Like, when mm -hmm. Obama legalized gay marriage, my dad's really homophobic, like, frustratingly so and, like, horrifyingly so. Um, And my mom just doesn't give a fuck. Like, she's like, love is love. Who cares? And she definitely has, like essence of ignorance here and there but she's willing to learn and she's a cool person and i remember like one time my parents got in a fight over we were leaving the elephant bar classic restaurant and people were like on the streets like either protesting or like celebrating i really don't remember um and my mom gave someone outside a thumbs up because she was like yeah like go you guys yeah it turned into a fat argument because my dad's homophobic and mm -hmm. he was pissed off that his wife did anything that wasn't submissive um and i think i don't know where the fuck i was going with this <laughs> um, you're talking about oh, judaism, judaism too. right mm -hmm. okay so my mom would always like you know just always like you know if we were walking by someone who was homeless she would like make sure to go to mcdonald's grab them food like bring them food she would you know she always gave back and i always liked that about her my dad always obviously like always aggressively didn't mm -hmm. always made a statement not to and then I, I joined BBYO and I learned these words. I learned tikkun olam, which means to repair the world. I learned lador vador, which basically means from one generation unto the next. It's like the proverb of like planting the tree so the next generation gets the shade. And I learned these things and I was like, okay, so like I've, I was like, these are values that I've had my whole life. I didn't have words for. Mm. And so I was able to like make this connection, I think like sophomore, junior year of like, I've always been Jewish. I just didn't have the words for it. Yeah. Um, and now I do, and that's dope. Um, and like I don't, I don't believe in God. I just like that. That shit is like a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other chapter. Yeah. yeah, but I believe in the people, and I believe in the community. I think Judaism is so rooted in community. Yeah. Um, and at a time when I didn't have a family really to lean on, and I didn't have a French like friend group to lean on, I had this community. Um. And that's been something that's been really important to me. And I think every bit of how I understand social justice and every bit of like the organization, like organizational strategy to like what we've worked on together mm -hmm. was from my, my time in this youth group and like learning how to do that. And also on the flip side, teaching it, I was a madracha or a, like a camp counselor, it, camp counselor, it translates from Hebrew to be guide um, last summer. And I got to work with people like literally like out like our team's age right like yeah. this idea of like 
you kind of get to like cultivate this really awesome community. It's a camp. So it's like a bubble and you just kind of, you create everything. You're creating chaos and you're creating camp and you're creating fun and you're creating life. And like, it's so cool. And I got to be like the big sister and I got to have my own family and I got to have like all of these things that I don't think I like really had before. Yeah. And so kind of translating that to like this little movement that we've started, I have felt like I got to be the big sister and I felt like I got to be the camp counselor and the madrakha again and like all this stuff and it's been really cool because I was like at first I really was so scared that I would only feel that in the Jewish context and I would only feel that at camp and when coronavirus like kind of ended camp I was supposed to go back this summer I was so heartbroken because I was like this is the only space in the entire world where I feel like myself and I don't feel influenced by all the bad things in my life and I feel like I can just be yeah and I think you know there's definitely been a push and a pull like you know building this whole like me too thing um but and especially just like being home and like dealing with it and I had to go to Tahoe with my friends because I literally just like couldn't be in my house any longer it wasn't like a fun thing it was like I needed to fucking leave because it was not okay and it like I think I've like found that again like I found that part of myself and I think that's been honestly such a cool realization because I didn't need to go to Berkeley for that and I I'm doing that in a town where I felt like most of my problems were rooted in yeah and so I I think like that is just the like greatest example of like healing and growing up and like I'm still struggling I'm still like breaking down every other fucking day because of angry parents and like (laughs) my parents and other parents and just all these different things but like at the end of the day I feel like I think at this point I've just finally like let myself be who I am yeah and there's so much more to that like there's so much more to figuring that out but at this point I'm really I'm really proud of who I am and I'm really proud of how far I've come because I know that a year ago the only space I felt like I was myself was Lake Como, Pennsylvania and now the town that I felt like I was running away from has now become a space that I can be and I think that's really it just made me think of my my favorite book in high school that we ever read was The Bean Trees by Barbara Kingsolver because the whole idea is that she's running from having kids and she's running from tires and then she ends up working in a tire shop with a kid mm-hmm. and she's so happy and she realizes that it doesn't wasn't necessarily like those two things those like tangible things that she was running from it was the way that she thought about them yeah and so now I'm in this space and I I get to think about the positive things in my high school and I get to think about the things that I love and when teachers responded to my email saying how can we help how can we change this I reflected on my most positive experience in high school I reflected on what my varsity swim coach said to me about like you know it isn't about the sport it's about building a community and using the sport as a platform to build good people it's not about just creating good athletes and I sent that to a coach and a teacher who reached out and asked me like you know how do I defeat a rape culture or how do I counter it Mm -hmm. and I said just I was like what you need to focus on with your athletes is this idea of like it's not about loyalty it's not about blind loyalty it's not about just caring about defending your brothers yeah it's about it's about raising them to a higher standard 
and it's about challenging challenging them to be better because that's what life's about yep it's not about just fucking being stuck and complicit and like stuck where you are and just doing what you've always done because that is not success and so i think that's been really cool to be able to come back and give back and also like in that sense overcome and so like as much as it is like a thankless job i do i've seen so much like growth and like commitment to myself in the past month than i've seen in like the past six years yeah and i think that's been really special and like I don't know. I I truly, I think if there's one thing in this world that I really believe in, it is sisterhood and not like sisterhood. Like I don't like, it it doesn't have to be like gendered. I just don't know if there's a fucking word for that. And I don't feel like friendship quite does it. Yeah. Um, And so I think like that's really helped me and I'm really fucking proud to be a part of this community and I'm really fucking proud to know you and to know our team and to know and to know that we have started something that cannot be contained and that won't be contained. And Mm -hmm. we have opened up so many opportunities for growth. And I just really fucking hope our community takes this as an opportunity to grow. Yeah. Because not only have we like opened up the door, we had to like uncover the lock for (laughs) like decades. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I'm just like, I'm proud of that. Me too. And I'm proud of you. For coming to the realization that, you know, (laughs) this person that you're so proud of today has been in you all along. And, you know, you thought that it needed to have a certain environment to bring her out. Yeah. But it's, it's, she's been there the whole time, you know, but you've just found her and have learned to embrace her. And I think that's huge. But real quick, you want to just give a shout out to just like what our movement is in general, yeah. the name of the group, and then like what people can do to help get involved. Yeah. So we are a part of this incredible team called From Survivors for Survivors, and it is a team committed to sexual assault awareness, education, and recovery. Um, and there's a lot that goes into those three things, but essentially we are bringing awareness of the rape culture at our high school and in our town and we're talking about it and we're not afraid to talk about it um and we have opened up a space for all people allies and survivors to have this conversation and to bring this conversation to the school and honestly the best way to help is to just talk to your friends about it and to come you know maybe not come forward with your story but just start reckoning with these things that have happened in your life and maybe you're an ally or maybe you're someone that wasn't an ally but could have been an ally and just talking about that and thinking about that and you know picking up on rapey behavior or creepy behavior or the toxic masculinity that might be in your friend group or the slut shaming that might be in your friend group and it's just about talking about how you can be better Mm -hmm. and if you want to actually do something tangible send an angry email. I'm really good at that. I can help you. Um, (laughs) I'm putting it on my resume at this point. Um, But I think the biggest thing that I have said, like I think that I've talked about in my life and like that's just totally relates to this whole situation and everything else is just that like this community is about finding the words Mm -hmm. and we're finding the words and we're using them 
and we're being loud and we're not going to stop. And so if that's what we can help you do to find your words and to explain what's happened or to just understand what's going on around you, then we're making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow at from survivors for survivors on Instagram. I'll put it in the episode description too. And um, the lovely lady I'm interviewing will also, (laughs) you'll see her information too. And she has some great Facebook posts and we have email links for you to send petitions, all this stuff. So, but yeah, like she said, it's all about getting real, having real conversations with people and um, making sure that survivors feel seen, heard and supported. So yeah. All right. Final little wrap up question. (laughs) If you had to give one piece of advice to little baby you, what would it be? (laughs) um fuck i don't know um (laughs) honestly if i could go back and just tell myself one thing or to change something i would say just focus on your friends Mm. and not like trying to prove yourself trying to prove that you're good enough for a relationship um i would say just like just show up for people um and like know that that at the end of the day is enough. You don't have to give someone advice. You can just listen and that'll make all the difference. And so if I were to, yeah, I think that's what I would need to hear is just like you're doing fine and it sucks, but it's okay that it sucks and you don't have to be perfect and just like show up for people. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right, ma'am. I know. I'm sorry. It's getting (laughs) fucking hot in here. But thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This is like a dream come true. 